but we're doing a little little different thing today. How's that? Is that all right? I think you got the rickety chair this time. It's all good. Don't. So I just asked Daniel to share some things this week. Um, we just first, we're going to pray for Daniel as he shares some things. I'm going to just sit here while he shares. But I want to just pray for him because um, I, I think he's got the heart of this house, first of all. Um, and Brian, he had uh, landed here through Brian Guerin coming. It'll be three years in July. Seems like a lot longer to me. But anyway, but I, I just I just know God brought him to us and um, and he's been an intricate part of what the prayer house looks like and other things and he runs with with me and we're wherever. I got some place I want to go and he'll just yeah, I'm in. And uh, he's gone through a lot of stuff, like all of us. And God's work, working with him and walking him through it. But I just want you to raise your hand because I, I feel like um, the Holy Spirit has such a, there's a, a gift on his life to like unpack things. And I just want just the complete, like uh, Astrid just released the mantle. So we just release that mantle, the prophecy over your life. We release the healing over your life. But I just feel like there's this amazing gift to unravel mysteries like literally like his namesake Daniel like he has this wisdom and he's super bright and he thinks analytically but when the Holy Spirit touches his mind he begins to unravel things and and there's just this power on his life and I just I just see the Lord uh, releasing a fresh mantle of that over your life it's going to come prophetically uh, but I, I just see that the, the Holy Spirit is going to begin to develop that, and you're going to be into, I just see, it's not even new armor. It's like a new, uh, it's a mantle, but it's a robe that he's about to put upon your life, that you're actually, it's already going up your arms, and, and you're ready to move into it. But yeah, I think you got a little, there's some growing into it, and that's okay. And so just put your hand, yeah, everyone just pray. So Holy Spirit, I just thank you for his life. I thank you for how you speak to him. I thank you for the things that you do through him. I thank you that he's just a sign of what you're going to do multiplied over this house in different people and different expressions. So God, we just declare over this whole entire place that the life of God would just come to all of us. Lord, we begin to step into things that we haven't known or haven't stepped into before previously. And we become comfortable in the garment and learn to walk and move in fresh anointings. And so we just declare that over his life, and Lord, may it multiply in this place, even today, even now. People that are visiting that for the first time, Lord, we release it with blessing, 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 and abundance in Jesus' name. Amen. So Amen. tell me what happened this week. All right, uh, so if you were at prayer on Tuesday, I shared this story, um, but I'm going to share it again. And uh, it took me by surprise, um, but I, I felt afterwards I asked the Lord, you know, is this, were you speaking to me in this event? And uh, 
I think he clearly was, and I'm still, um, I was asking about it today when I was went for a run, and there's still more there. Um, but first I'll say, you know, we're, we're living in a generation of the Lord's return. And I think we, uh, I think most of us know that, most of us believe that. There might be some exceptions to that. Um, but our, our posture, uh, knowing that, you know, the, I, I feel the Lord is just calling all of us to a greater place of consecration, to a place of depth, uh, to a place of self-denial and sacrifice, but out of a place of love. And so, anyways, I, I say all that because um, this experience kind of just speaks to that and being prepared and being prepared for his coming. So, um, as some of you know, I work uh, at an interesting, um, I, my, my job is, is pretty unique. It's, it was from the Lord. I had another job lined up, and uh, I was like, Lord, if there's something else for you, I'll take that job. And sure enough, uh, that same day, I got an email for this other job, and it was better. And it was from him. But basically, I work with microwave plasma, um, melting down metal powder alloys um, with this plasma and, and spiritizing it for the use in 3D printing and batteries. Um, uh, so if you don't, if you have no idea what I'm talking about, that's all right, because most people don't. But uh, when I'm at work, I'm working around microwave energy. Uh, if you can imagine having like 50 of your microwaves in one, um, high pressure gas, hydrogen, you know, argon, nitrogen, different gases, um, metal powders, you know, sometimes they get in the air, and it just it's kind of a dangerous environment, but. Um, I think I'm comfortable around that. I, my background's in submarines, so I like a little bit of danger, I guess. But anyways, so I came in early for work on Tuesday, and I got there at around 6 o'clock. No one was there yet, and I went to do my preps um, for basically is this big furnace. It's about uh, 12 feet tall, and we fill it with gas, we microwave that gas, it turns into plasma. Plasma is like when you look, you know, the pictures of like a nebula uh, or the stars, those different colors, the different hues, that's plasma. 99% of the universe is actually plasma. It's the fourth state of matter. So um, this microwave gas turns into plasma and we put powder through it. And um, so I'm doing my preps for this. I, um, I finish what I need to do. I start running the machine or the furnace, and it's just me in this kind of warehouse area running this. And it's about, uh, it was actually 7.28 uh, in the morning. I've been running for 20 minutes, so I have this active plasma, and I'm just doing the warm-up cycle. I had my laptop open, and I'm just sitting down it's, you know, nothing's out of the ordinary. And in an in a instant, um, 
I hear the most ungodly, terrifying sound uh, I've ever heard in my entire life. It was like radiating through my body. I had no idea what was happening. I, I felt this fear, it was terror. It was like, it was the worst terror I've ever experienced in my life. And you know, I, I've had demonic experiences when I was a kid that were very frightening. Like I've been on a fire on a submarine. I've had someone pull a gun on me. I've had a tree fall on me. None of that compared to this feeling of terror that came over me. It was, it was awful, and it only lasted for about uh, three or four seconds. And I just ran as fast as I could away from the furnace, because I, 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 really, I couldn't really think anything other than if you don't run, you're gonna die. Like, I, I wasn't sure if you know, I was being radiated by microwave energy or if the thing was blowing up or it was just the most disorienting, terrifying thing I ever felt. And then as I got about 30 feet away or so, um, I started to realize like, okay, I, I have my limbs. I have, uh, you know, I'm, I'm still alive, I'm okay. And then there's some people, they were in the office areas and they're like, that sounded like a jetliner or something running into the building. And they came out and so I was really shaken up. We found out what had happened. Um, I came back out. There was a exhaust line that was blown off and there was liquid all over the, it was on the ceiling. It's like a 20 something foot ceiling and it was on the ceiling. That would have been how many degrees? Uh, it would have been at least 1300 degrees Fahrenheit. Um, so the, the plasma itself, this, it's you know, a, like, a, like a flame, it's coming out, it's so hot, there's nothing on earth that can measure it, so they only do it by math, but it's basically, the, it's the same temperature in the, in the plasma itself as the surface of the sun. It's you know, 5.7 thousand, or 5,700 degrees Kelvin. It's incredibly hot. Crazy. So the environment around it is not that hot, but obviously very hot. So you have incredible pressures, you have, you know, um, it's just a, a very volatile environment and it's like I'm operating it from a little computer and um, so it's very neat but it's terrifying at the same time <laughs> when something goes wrong. So uh, we basically what we found out was that there was some um, chill water which cools the outside of the system, some valves that were closed based on a, a miscommunication from the day before, some other people that had used it. And so this plasma is now, because there's no running chill water, it's creating um, a, bomb. a steam bomb. So that day, I. I just thought, oh, there was, you know, the exhaust blew up because it got hot or something. And I, they sent me home for the day. My boss didn't text me or anything. I, I come home the next, or I come to work the next day. And 
um, I walk out to the, because in my head I'm thinking like, oh, it'll be a couple days, we'll get this up and running again. I walk out and I see the system taken apart completely and I look in it and there's eighth inch steel folded up like a napkin. Like, you know, you know, very tough materials. Stainless steel. Stainless steel. And what had happened is this, the steam was building up inside and thankfully the welds were actually not that good on the inside because that's, it, it imploded instead of exploded which is what saved my life. Um, I, tr I wanted to see like the footage uh, of the incident, but they, didn't, they weren't recording. Because I, I, you know, I'm sure there was angels on my side. Absolutely. That the way, Absolutely. it was, if the Lord, if those welds were the way they were supposed to be, it would have been, it could have been way worse. You know, there would have been shrapnel. Um, and um, the sound that I was hearing was the steam explosion depressurizing. Because it, it, it was sustained. It, it was like, if you can imagine just being like in your bed and then four people with air horns around you, you know, in the middle of the night, out of your sleep. Um, yeah, I never experienced anything like, I was embarrassed like how I reacted, but I, I was also thinking like, I couldn't react any other way. I, and so I saw the machine taking apart, and I was, I was getting chills, like, oh my gosh, this is insane. And it turns out the whole system is completely destroyed. Like, they, you know, they have to completely start from the ground up. And so that in and of itself is just a testimony that God is watching over me, and I, and I know that. Mercy. Yeah, it is mercy. And I also... I, after it happened, I asked the Lord. Um, I was just like, I was so shaken up. I went to the beach just by myself. I was like, I need to decompress. Yeah, it, you know, you get a, no pun intended. All those, all that adrenaline and everything, it just wipes you out. And I was like, Lord, you know, are you speaking to me in this? Like, what was this about? So tell us. And so it's a simple, I guess a simple thing, but I, it's a revelation I want to keep in my heart. Yeah. You know, there are many facets of God, and we tend to emphasize the ones we like the most, you know, just out of our human nature. We tend to emphasize the Father's love because the Father's love is amazing. Um, and we tend to kind of push away, you know, the fear of the Lord or his holiness. Or, and so I asked the Lord, you know, in this experience, I was like, Lord, what were you, were you speaking in this? And he, he this is what I felt he told me was the, the terror that you felt for only a few moments is nothing compared to what those who don't know me will feel on the day of my coming. And I was just thinking about that. I just 
Yeah, I just want to stop and interject for one second, just keep that thought. But I, we, when we realize, when we think about, oh, we need to engage with the lost, it's like an afterthought. But what happened was the Lord used an incident to snap a reality in Daniel's life to be conveyed to us here. And I think what happens is, let's, let's not, I, I want to just, you know, the, the Lord is so concerned about the harvest of the earth. Not because he's concerned about the harvest of the earth. You understand what I'm saying? It's because he, he loves everyone. And he doesn't want any to perish, not one. And I don't think when we talk about the fire of the love of, of Pentecost, why did, why did the Lord come in the fire of Pentecost? It was to snap the church into a reality of God's amazing love, the, the burning one, the burning judgment of the Lord, but the burning love of who he is to be released in the earth. And all right, I'll stop. Yeah. Um, so I, I'm still chewing on that. <laughs> I... I have prayed for the fear of the Lord, you know, since I really surrendered my life because um, it's, it says, that, you know, the fear of the Lord is clean, it's purifying, it's, it keeps us in a good place. Like, and at the same time, it, I believe it's his mercy that let me even experience that for a moment, waking me up to, you know, the day Joel speaks of the day of the coming of the Lord. He says it's the great and the terrible day of yes. the Lord because it's terrible, obviously, for those who chose wickedness in the, when there was a witness of light on the earth. They saw a reflection of Jesus through the bride, and they still chose uh, uh, darkness. It will be terrible for them but it will also be terrifying for the Christian who was half-hearted and who didn't live in a place of surrender. They, they lived with a little bit of the world and, and then a little bit of, you know, Christianity or whatever. It'll be terrifying for those whose rewards will be, will be burnt up. Because, you know, Paul talks about there'll be those that they build on a foundation um, that isn't Christ. It's, it's rooted in this world. And it says they'll be saved, but as though, as though if through fire. Uh, and, and, and their works will be burnt up. And we don't talk about, you know, eternal rewards um, that much. And I think uh, for good reason at times because... We can be imbalanced in different ways. And, right. But at the same time, uh, I think we just, I always, I want a, a revelation in my heart that how my decisions every day matter. You know, I can choose how much, how much I want to give back to God, seeing what he's given to me. Not out of a place of you're, you're walking on eggshells with God because you're trying to fit this uh, perfect walk, but out of a place like, oh, I, I'm looking at the cross and I see my sin. But I'm also looking at the cross and I see his mercy. 
you, you see what your sin looks like. Your sin, look what it did to the beloved, you know, one who's the, the perfect, sinless, spotless lamb. Look what my sin did. That revelation keeps me in walking in purity. And then look at, look at his mercy. You know, the, the fullness of the first and the second commandments, the great commandments, were fulfilled in the cross. And a people that have that revelation and of the mercy of God will, will be able to, and this is what you were referring to earlier, when it comes to evangelism, persuade others. Yeah, um, that's good. You know, Second Corinthians 5, right before Paul says this scripture I'm about to read, he says in chapter 5, verse 10, for we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ. And this isn't, this, this isn't the sinner's judgment of, you know, salvation or, or hell. Um, this, is, this is the Bema seat. It's like, this is what your reward is. You know, just like in a, an Olympic event, there's the podium and then the, the wreath is bestowed upon the one who Right, so it's not the judge. It's the judge. It's not the the great day of judgment, but it's it is in a sense because we go to that place as believers. Ready? This whole church, we line up, and the Lord's. <laughs> I know it's a messed up thing to even think about this, but the Lord is like giving stuff out, like this is this is what you received on the earth, and this is what you're going into eternity with. What does that look like over our lives? And and really, because the fear of the Lord, mm -hmm. right? Because of the fear of the Lord, we persuade men, right? Because that's what he says next. But that reality... Want me to read that? Go ahead. Yeah. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ so that each one may receive what is due for what he has done in the body, whether good or evil. Therefore, and the King James and the New King James says, that knowing the terror of the Lord. Yes. Right. Therefore, knowing the fear of the Lord... We persuade others. But what we are is known to God, and I hope it is known also to your conscience. He connects the fear of the Lord to evangelism. And uh, I just feel like that's something um, the Lord wants us to be asking for. I don't know if, I don't know about you. I don't know if you'd ever pray like, Lord, I want to know the terror of the Lord. I mean, no, but, <laughs> but I, at the same no. time, I do. No, I do. I probably do. You know, yeah. I want to pray those prayers that make you kind of like hesitant because I know it'll keep me in a good place. It'll keep me grounded. It'll keep me holy, righteous, even though it, it, it's not me that made me that way, it, it keeps me aligned with what his cross and what the blood of Jesus has done and what the atonement has done. And out of this, it deepens our revelation of the Father's love. Like, look what, look what I saved you from. You know, because when I was thinking about this, I was thinking about, you know, what is it like for people in hell? If that was just a natural occurrence, uh, just you know, for a few moments, 
What is it like for someone who are someone who's actually cut off from the presence of God? Um, and you know, we don't we don't have to talk about these things all the time, but we should also not ignore them. And you know, just as much as we should talk about prophecy and revelation and the gifts of the Spirit and the Father's love and intercession, all these things, uh, we should also be seeking a real revelation of the holy reverential fear of the Lord. Because Paul talks about it here, you know, in strong terms. And he, he had a revelation of this. You know, Paul said, I urge you to imitate me as I imitate Christ. Like what Paul had in his life, I'd, I want all of it and more. And I realize wanting that is going to cause me to walk in uncomfortable places with the Lord, uncomfortable places in the word, you know, things in the word that I read. And I'm like, Ugh. I can either skip over this or I can let it cut me. You know, it says the word of God is living and active, sharper than any two edged sword. It's a, it's a sword, you know, it comes in and it cuts it. It, it cuts away what is carnal and that hurts sometimes if you've never been cut by the word you know you need to be like we all need to be continually and uh yeah did you want me to should i pray or, or you want to keep going keep yeah. going we're not done yet okay So, well, I'm just thinking because, okay, the impact, and we're just talking about a physical impact. Now, I, I know people that have had supernatural impact in the same way, like the terror of the Lord, the fear of the Lord has come on them and shifted their whole life perspective. So this was a natural thing that happened, not by coincidence, right? I don't think it's ever by coincidence. God puts us through things so that we walk and we have a, it shifts our perspective on how we're going to unload the rest of our lives if we respond to it, right? Yeah. And so the Holy Spirit, like on the day of Pentecost, I just want to come back to Pentecost because yeah. I believe that the Lord gave instruction, go wait and see what I'm going to do. And, and I just think of all throughout Scripture, when the fire of the Lord comes, it doesn't come to like make you feel okay. <laughs> it comes right it comes like what, what they were saying set me as a seal upon your heart well I, I feel like part of the love that the Lord wants to put in the church is this love sickness towards him that we want to we want to be whoever he's called us to be because we love him so much and this is this is the other part right it's the goodness and the severity right so it's it's who he, his absolute goodness is, who he is in all of that, that comes in fire to show us and that we would encounter him, that we would see who he, I, I was trying to find it in Job, but Job says, let not the terror of the Lord come upon me. Yeah. And it, because Job was like, <laughs> Job, Job was saying this so that 
Listen, he wanted to be sober. You're, you're a kingdom awakening, so sobriety is, is something that we love. I want to be sober in what God's doing, yet I want to be drunk in his love. I want to be so drunk in what he's doing that I'm anesthetized to the, to the, to the sobering facts that he's going to bring to me so that it changes my life, so that I don't so that my perspective has changed on how I'm going to, not so that I, I think differently now, because when you think differently, something happens internally so you don't do the same things that you've done in the past. Yeah. We don't keep running over the old ruts that cause us to be stuck in bondage right. and causes us to be shut up from what God wants to do and, per, and working in, his, in our lives to perform. Right. Ready? God performs it. You don't perform it. That's right. <laughs> Right? So when we have these encounters with, with the Lord that he shakes us in such a way, because in 2008 when I encountered this massive revelatory angel, I wanted to just get under the couch instead of, I mean, we all think it's going to be good and fine when the angel shows up. But when the angel actually shows up, ah, stop. It's like. God wants to come and invade your, your, your atmosphere so that you forget about all the things that are holding you up. Yeah, man. Uh, as, to add to that point, you know, I'm reminded of John. Mm -hmm. he, was the, he was the one who was most intimate with Jesus while he was... Yes. Come on now. The one who knew him most. Tell us. <laughs> <laughs> The one who knew him most, who he wrote the Gospel of John, he wrote the letters, and he wrote the Revelation of Jesus Christ. That's the man who wrote the book called The Revelation of Jesus. Right. And who, he was the one whose head was laying on his chest, who was always there. He was there at the Mount of Transfiguration. He saw him day by day over, you know, three and a half years. And in Revelation, at the end of the Bible, he's... He's, he fell on his face as, you know, prostrate, as though dead. At, and at what? At Jesus Christ. And I'm sure it was terrifying because, I mean, and that's an uncomfortable fact, but at the same time, it's a, like Jesus is the, is the absolute expression of, of all things holy, pure, righteous, good, uh, true. You know, he's the extreme version. Uh, or he is love. He's extreme love. He's, he, and he's not just our older brother. He's not just our bridegroom. He's not just our savior. He's also our king. He's our judge. He's the lawgiver, as Isaiah 33 says. And the flesh doesn't mix well with encountering that. It, that's why, you know, you, I've listened to many prophets who have had crazy encounters. And, um, you know, I've heard Miles talk about his encounters. And different people, who, they've had these encounters with the Lord that they described as just like they thought they were going to die. Because, you know, the glory, the holiness, the light was so much for our flesh, this tent yeah. that we will put off. That's why do you, you know, why do you think we need an, a glorified body? Yeah. This thing won't survive in heaven. <laughs> uh, and, but I, I want that revelation of Jesus, you know. Um, and he just gave me 
a little hint of something through this incident at work. Uh, but I know that this is, it's like an invitation to so much more. Yeah. You know, that I will understand more about his love, more about his mercy. I will have a, uh, I will have a burning in me for the lost when I see what they can be saved from. I'll be desperate for those that I'm working with in a place of intercession. Like, Lord, have mercy. Have, have mercy on this person who's blinded. They don't, they don't understand what's in, front of, what's in front of them. They don't understand what's coming to the earth. They don't. Please soften their hearts. Because that's actually not me praying. That's the intercessor through me through a yielded vessel. That's actually the cry of Jesus for these people, but he needs his people to enter into that so that he can pray through us, that the Spirit can intercede through us and groan through us. And out of that, this harvest will come in. And, um, yeah. I was just thinking uh, that scripture out of James. Um, Mercy triumphs over judgment, right? So there's the mercy of God, right? I, I remember something impacted me when David, uh, David Hogan was here that he got all emotional about mercy. if it wasn't for mercy. The train. Right? And so God wants to release such a revelation of his true mercy, not unsanctified mercy, because we want to we cohabitate with people's stuff, and it's not really what we're supposed to do. It's this mercy that changes the, the global you know, mindset that we have. It's mercy that we understand that God, he doesn't want to release judgment. It's Moses knew the same thing. He knew that there wasn't going to be, that the Lord himself wanted to release mercy over a nation. And he wants to do the same thing over America. He wants to release mercy over the nation. He wants to release mercy over New England. He wants to release mercy over the, over the places. And the severity, I think the severity part of that is like God opening up himself and showing himself so that we live from that place of knowing the fear of the Lord that persuades men. Yeah. I say that with tears in my eyes because I know it's the spirit of the Lord over this entire, like, where we are now, where we're seated now. This is something that I feel like this is the word of the Lord for a moment right now that we need to receive, that the Holy Spirit wants to pull us into the reality of his mercy. Not so that we condemn the world. No, he didn't come to condemn the world. He came to show his mercy. But what we don't understand is when we become, I think what Daniel had, it like sobered him to a moment. And, it, and I've gone through those moments. Yet somewhere along the line, as we keep moving in life, we start getting dull again. Yeah. Yeah. So, and I say this, you can't strive for this. It has to be an encounter with the Holy Spirit. This is why all I really preach is encounter Jesus. Because if I encounter this man, this burning man, who Daniel saw, who John saw, who Ezekiel met, all the prophets throughout the ages, the seven, seven lampstands burning, burning, burning to release his glory and his goodness to a people, that would be you and I. 
And he so wants the church to be lit up with that reality. And I think this is just one incident of many, because I believe the Lord wants to encounter you today in that way. Whether it's before you leave this place, remember, I, I just feel like what Astrid said, don't, don't allow, like, we need to be conscious of that. If God's done, then, then we leave. But if God's not ever done, we just stick in. And sometimes God's not done beyond when our flesh is done. <laughs> you hear me? The, the, when our flesh, we think we're good. I'm good. I'm good. I'm all set. But the Lord wants to put this reality on the church. Not that we strive and try and make something happen. But I know that I've waited beyond to see that the Lord would do something. I'm starting to go down a rabbit trail. I want us to just have an understanding. I want Lord to open up mercy. I want him, his mercy triumphs over judgment to be a reality. It's not unsanctified grace. It's the power of the Lord that sets men free. When Jesus really shows up in power, <laughs> I, Rick Joyner would always say this, we're going to be hitting the deck. Like when God really shows up in a reality of I'm here in the room, boom, the church is going to be on their face. It's, it's the Hebrides revival, like God showing up and invading and bringing, and again, I don't think it's going to look anything like what the past looks like. Mm -hmm. I think he's got something from modern Western mindsets that's going to rock us and cause the fear of the Lord to release the wisdom of heaven so that the harvest will come in like we've never seen. Because you have a, you have a genuine burden, not because someone preached to you and you got a burden for 10 minutes and you left and you changed. You got something? Yeah, no, I, <laughs> I think in, in the way this all connects to Pentecost... You know, when we look at Acts 2, Pentecost fell on a people who were prepared to receive it. You know, Jesus, it says he appeared to 500 and told them, go, Terry, wait in Jerusalem. But there wasn't 500 in the upper room. There was 120. You know, only a quarter of the, of the people that he, the resurrected Jesus, appeared to. The guy, the guy that they all understood, he just rose from the dead. And they still, most of them still did not heed his command. And I think it's because they, they allowed discouragement or whatever to pull them away. And, but the people that did were prepared. And, you know, if we have, if we have these revel this revelation in our heart of what's before us and who we're called to be and his judgment and his mercy, we will be prepared for the outpouring of the Spirit that, will, that is coming uh, in, in, the, in the years ahead of us. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. That's good. That's good. Yeah, so just, let's just pray for people. How's that? Just, let's stand. Maybe Grace just help us with a little bit of music and We're just going to receive the word today.
How many know a sobering word? Be good. For our diet. Come on, lift your hands with me. I'm just going to pray. Um, I'm going to thank the Lord for his mercy. If you want to pray softly in the spirit with me. Father, we just thank you. Father, we thank you. Uh, we thank you that you are a gracious and merciful God. And you're just, uh, in these days, Lord, you are working in our hearts. You are preparing us, Lord. You are ordaining our steps, Lord, to come together as a united people. Who are walking with clean hands and a pure heart into the harvest at the end of the age, carrying the anointing of the Spirit, carrying that, that uh, fiery love in us as a witness to the ends of the earth that our King is coming again. Lord, and we just ask right now, Holy Spirit, on this Pentecost Sunday, Lord, we just ask that you would pour out into our hearts, Lord, a revelation, a revelation of the fear of the Lord, that we would know it just like Paul knew it, Lord, that we would know and, and it says in Isaiah 33 that the fear of the Lord is Zion's treasure. It says Jesus delighted in the fear of the Lord. Lord, and we just ask, Lord, to delight in who you are, Lord. Not pushing aside any of your nature because it's uncomfortable. But Lord, we want to be fully, uh, we want our face to be fully unveiled, Lord, that we would be transformed from one glory to another, beholding you as you are. Just as John did, Lord. Just just as much as we want to lay our heads, Lord, on your chest, Lord, and hear your heart, Lord, we also want to see you as you are glorified and burning, Lord, with eyes of uh, uh, flames of fire, Lord. And Lord, we just ask that you come right now. You touch our hearts, Lord. We ask that you would encounter us, Lord, like you did the saints of old, Lord. We ask that we would step into an encounter with you, Lord, that every day thereafter would never be the same. Lord, just just like you knocked Paul off his horse and he was blinded for three days and he went from a murderer to the, the one of the greatest uh, testament, testaments of the work of the Holy Spirit in a man who's yielded and surrendered. And he wrote most of, most of the New Testament because he had such a revelation of who you are. But it, there was an encounter before that happened, Lord. And we just ask for those types of encounters, Lord. Even though, uh, many of us have encountered you, Lord. 
already, Lord, but we're asking for a fresh encounter, a fresh baptism, a, a renewing of the mind, Lord, uh, a, a renewing of, of a right spirit within us, as David said, Lord. Would you cleanse and purify and, and uh, renew a right spirit within us, create in us a clean heart, Lord. Lead us to be prepared, to be yielded, to be uh, rich in the word, to be in a posture of worship, Lord, and, 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 and discipline and, and self-control and, and surrender, Lord, each and every day. And we just thank you, Father. We thank you for what you're doing, Lord. We thank you for your love and your mercy, Lord. We want to burn uh, for what your heart burns for, Lord. We want to burn for the lost. We want to come together, Lord, in, in a spirit of unity through the bond of peace, Lord. And we just thank you right now for what you're doing in this hour, Lord. Fall upon us afresh, Lord, in this hour. I pray say. Thank you, Holy Spirit.